You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman, as on coast of this wonderful podcast, and joining me on the other line for our weekly show. We talked a bunch last week. We're doing it again this week, probably just one time. Mr. Tony East from Forbes.com in the West Side, Indianapolis News, and a guy who uh, is feeling pretty good about the Pacer team, right? I am, Adam. The Pacers played very well outside of one little six-minute stretch that we'll talk about. Uh, this weekend and got a huge win in our very lame, lamely named quest for 20 wins after March. Uh, they got a big win on that quest. In fact, the Pacers got their best win of the season this weekend, which was very nice. So I, uh, yeah, it was a good weekend to watch the Pacers play basketball. Yeah. So on today's show, we're going to talk about both the Pacers games from this week. They played Lakers Friday, Suns on Saturday. Uh, then we'll preview this week's games, which I don't have to schedule up, so I can't read them off. Um, I do real fast, actually. So the Pacers this week will play Denver, Brooklyn, and Miami twice. So we'll preview those games. But obviously, we have to start with the biggest news, the best news, the thing we've been waiting for for over six and a half weeks now. And that was Karis LeVert's return, or I guess debut, sorry, debut <laughs> thing in the Pacers, return to basketball after um, having a mass move from his kidney. He ended up playing 27 minutes against the Suns on Saturday night. He had 13 points, seven rebounds, five of 14 from the field. And more importantly to me, he had two offensive rebounds. And it was just nice to have another scoring option on the floor. I think that was the biggest thing he offered is, but besides that he's an option of scoring, he, you know, he 13 points on 14 shots isn't awesome. He's obviously very rusty. Yeah. But the, way, the way he scores is a lot of setting stuff up, right? Off the dribble around a screen or cutting in from somewhere. It's not just like stationary shot, like just offensive rebound. He had a couple, he had an offensive yeah, rebound he had for a basket, many. which you've talked about a bunch, which is like the, the guards like being able awesome to rebound. rebound. No, but you talked about just guards or the forward spots being able to rebound better. And that's what he yes. did. He did better than they've done before. Put it that yes, way. he did. Yes, he did. Uh, yeah, seven rebounds was that's more than I expect from him ever, but that was still good. But the, like the way he scores is a threat in a way that it changes the the way the defense is playing and its geometry. Right, his very first impactful play was that he could go around a side pick and roll with Sabonis. Right, he he went around a Sabonis screen, dribbled to the corner, drew two defenders because he's a threat to score. Boom, hit him with a pocket pass, and Sabonis scored. And on that play, Brogdon was wide open in the corner if Sabonis wanted to make one more pass. Right, like it's just that level of extra off the dribble bounce juice like the scoring threat is obviously the biggest part and he 13 points is nothing to slouch at like they they are lucky to get that from either justin holiday or mcdermott most nights when they were starting so he really showed his impact right away but the way he can do things on offense is really the is really the biggest part of it not even just the numbers like joe harris can get you 13 points but the way Harris gets you the points the assists the setups of that was what was so valuable and it literally was so obvious in his very first game yeah, I mean, he was going to be a little rusty. He did not shoot great really the whole game. He got a little bit going. I want to say it was like the second quarter he really got kind of going for a little bit. Um, and that was expected. Nine points, the second quarter. Yeah, yeah and he'll, he'll shake off that rust, give it a couple of weeks. I mean, the, the key was you got 27 minutes out of him, 27 pretty solid minutes, and it was and what that did was create this downhill effect now where McDermott's on the bench, which is a big help to McConnell and to Sumner and, and Aaron Holiday at times. You know, it's no surprise this is the first game where all three of those guys – Sumner Hall, I guess McConnell did, but Sumner Hall and Durant all were plus off the bench. It's probably been a long time since we've seen that from at least Sumner or or, or Hollywood on the court. Uh, and it just like eased things up, right? Brogdon, who normally plays 38, played 35 minutes. Like you just, 
it just created a little more, like we have a little more space and, and, and ability to stretch guys out and not have to play them a ton of minutes or the way we were. And it was, you know, it was just nice to see finally they have another quality of a player out there. A more stable rotation definitely helped. And you, I, to your credit, we talked about when he returns, what the lineup changes would be as a result. And you said he should start over McDermott. I said, I think there's some, some arguments that it should be Justin holiday and it's only been one game. So there's a chance that, well, I they didn't even close with him either. Right. So it didn't really matter. Uh, I don't remember what they're, I believe the close. Well, they didn't really need to close because they were up by much. No, the closing lineup was the old starting five. Karis did yeah. not close McDermott. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I remember that now, but anyway, you were right that McDermott was awesome with the bench. Right. So if that maintains, and I asked Doug about that after the game, because I like, like we're talking about Karis here. So I don't want to harp on this too much. But, you know, if, if McDermott's really comfortable with that group, then, then yeah, that's a huge plus for the team, too, because their bench has been struggling. It really sucked against the Lakers. And he's like, yeah, you know, we, McConnell, McConnell and I mainly, those are the two guys, but also like Aaron and occasionally whatever centers in, like they can sit on the bench at the start of the game and watch what the other, he said, like we can kind of assess what the other team's doing and we have the chemistry to, to figure out how to punish it or beat it. Like I think that that was made a lot of sense and him and McConnell are great together. They were last year and, so McDermott had 22 points, uh, played very well off the bench. So if he becomes a little closer to – and he hit half his threes, uh, which this season is a big thing for him. So if he can become closer to the player he was last year because he's moved to the bench, that makes Karras' return even more valuable because not only is it the, the value of Karras alone because, again, even in the game where he wasn't that awesome, although he did hit half of his two-point shots, and even in a game where he wasn't that awesome, just him shifting around the defense and shifting the other parts of the rotation made him very valuable. Yeah, and the thing I'm interested in seeing going forward is because, you know, I've watched Karis LeVert here and there, right? I'm not going to say I'm an expert on his game. I mean, I haven't, you know, I haven't been watching Brooklyn Nets games every single night, especially because they really weren't good until kind of this year. Um, what his actual, like, ceiling level is, right? I mean, I just, you know, I, I think with the guy, if we had seen him for the past six weeks, you'd kind of know the player he is. And, you know, we know he's going to be a little worse right now because he hasn't played in a while and get back in conditioning shape and just kind of get back in the flow. And also he's, you know, slotting into a whole new team. And so I don't know what you think, but I'm wondering where, like, what, when do we know he's back, I guess, right? Like, like I've never seen him at his peak. So what do we know his peak is? And when do we know he's, he reaches there, I guess. His peak peak uh, was that 51 point game he had last year. I think it was against the Celtics. Yeah, but, but I mean, like, like if he goes 20 points, Six and five, six and four. I don't know, like that. Yeah. Like, is, that, is that like a lot by four standard. in a row? Do we know he's back? Is that what we mean? I don't know. Yeah, I, that's a good point. I think this is going to sound dumb, but I kind of think they'll just kind of know. Like, like okay. you see him gelling in a way that like, like he had a bucket in the third quarter where Sabonis and Brogdon were doing some two-man thing and Karras just cut to the basket and was wide open for a layup. Like off a Yeah, I remember ball. that, yeah. And, yeah, and I was like, wow, you know, like, that like he just fit in on that play. Like he recognized the action, he back cut and he was wide open. And he's just like, Oh, cool. He fit in there. Like that kind of stuff will happen more and more. I think as he starts to gel and you'll just kind of be like, you know, I think there'll be a game. You'll probably be right. There's like a big game where he has like 24 and eight or something where you go, okay. You know, he really gets the rest of his teammates. What that looks like in actuality is, you know, a few, like, like Brogdon splashing a couple of threes off of a Karis Sabonis action and Karis hitting, you know, we saw what he likes around this pick and roll where he takes two dribbles towards the basket and takes a, however, you know, a two that isn't long, but isn't short either. Like he likes that show a lot. He'll make more of those and, you know, make, draw the defense up for those and find some bonus on the pack. Like he'll do that probably like five times in a game instead of just twice or you know, maybe six times or something. Cause he runs a lot of pick and rolls with the nets. 
So I don't know how much Bjorken's going to want him to do that, but I think it'll be obvious both in his comfort level, finding the right shots and especially Brogdon and Sabonis, because those two uh, really play well off of his skills. If those two are also clicking, I think you'll really be like, okay, Karras is obviously gelling now. Yeah. Do you, do you think we, I guess we probably won't see the best of him this season, right? If we look at his next, like, let's say it's next three seasons, we'll probably look back at this probably wouldn't be his best. Yeah. Right, yeah. Say. I agree but, with that. but I mean, that might just be simply because of an age factor. I guess I'm, I'm wondering just like, at what point do we look up and are like, Oh, he's really whatever this level, which means this team's ceiling has kind of changed. Right. I mean, to me, the win against the Suns kind of feels like the team is now, I don't know. They're going to peel off a ton of wins. They have a really tough schedule coming up, but like, could they split the next six games that we thought they were going to lose all six? Like that would be a win. And then do they start peeling off a bunch of games and make a real, you know, storm towards the top for a top five seed in the East. Right. I mean, it, it, it felt like Saturday night, like it was fun. It's like damn breaking of like the offense, like could barely get going. I mean, you look at their past games, right. It's a hundred points, 103 points, hundred points against Cleveland. Cleveland's terrible. 107 against New York, 107 against golden state. Like it's all these games where they're scoring, you know, below 110. And then tonight they finally got 122 and it felt like easy in some way. Um, like there just wasn't as much like Sabonis or Brian having to score. And no, they were good games, but like them having to score an ungodly amount of points to carry that team to that, to that level. Yeah. Definitely having another, another offensive force is affected there. And he definitely elevates the team, right? This is their best one of the season. Like what well, we might talk about that in the next segment, but like the Celtics win where the Sabonis, the game winner, that was pretty good. But um, yeah. they've, they've been some other good teams to be fair, like the Knicks and, uh, actually, they haven't beat that many good teams, if we're being honest. But they have they have some okay wins. But the Suns are really good. They had won seventeen to twenty. It was in Phoenix on a back to back. They're second in the West, and they they controlled this game. They were never behind hardly. Uh, so they played really well. I think that that is clear that he'll have some sort of positive impact and elevates their swing to some extent. I think another thing, and this kind of goes back to the question you asked me before this. He's played like I think Bjorkren said he's played five on five with this team like like two or three times. Like practice on Thursday or yeah Thursday the day before the Lakers game and then in this game was like his second time playing five and five with these guys right which I think is a testament to his natural basketball ability that he didn't just look totally awkward and out of whack there but also that you know he still has a lot of room to grow and if he can already impact winning this much and I don't want to like overhype how well he did in this game like he was very rusty and you know he was they, they got outscored with him in the game they still played awesome but he definitely helped you know I'm not I'm not going to be like wow he was minus three unbelievable but he definitely oh, has a lot of room compared to what the bench was. It's actually a positive. Like <laughs> yeah, we'll the starters talk have about been, the Lakers game. <laughs> the starters, like this, this other starting fours have so have been actually really good this year. It's just been that like everything else is just dragging them down that like yeah. just being neutral on the bench is fine <laughs> at this point. But I, de- I definitely think we saw what he can do really well. And as he plays five on five more than one time before games, how much he can grow. And I think it will be awesome to see. Yeah, I'm 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 excited for it. Like I said I think this will this will be a, a turning point in their season, but uh, only time will tell on that one. Let's do this. Let's take one more. Let's take our first break. Sorry, let's take our first break, and then we'll talk about just the other two games, some of the things we liked and didn't like from this week. Um, and you can guess what we didn't like. Uh, it rhymes with uh, Laramie Jam. Uh, but first, today's Locked On Pacers podcast is brought to you by Headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there was a pocket-sized guide? help you sleep, focus, act, be better. There is, if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of a guided meditation and an easy to use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advanced in the field of mindfulness meditation through clinically validated research. Whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. Are you overwhelmed? Headspace has three minutes of an SOS meditation just for you. Need help falling asleep? 
Headspace has a wind down session for their members that they swear by. And even for parents, Headspace has a morning meditation you can do with your kids. Headspace approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime and anywhere. You deserve to feel happier. Headspace is the meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash MBA. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A. That's Headspace for a, sorry, for a one-month free trial with access to Headspace full library of meditations for every situation. And today's Locked On Patriot Podcast is also brought to you by our wonderful friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even has you covered for things like awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They probably even have bets for tonight's Grammys. They have real-time updated odds and, um, and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place all your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website right now or use your phone. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome button on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. I think it's fair to say Malcolm Brogdon had the best weekend of any Pacer player this week. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. The bonus came close second, I think. But Brogdon, man, 29 points against the Lakers, 25 against the Suns. Uh, he had what he had 18 points in the first half, or no, more than that. Somewhere in the more 20s, than that. Oh, yeah. 20s, he had like he had like 18 in the first time. quarter, I think, against yeah. the Lakers almost. He had a great game that night. You know what's insane about his game against the Suns is between you know, Karis, the story, and him playing decently and all that, he got a lot of attention. And McDermott had a way above average game, right? 22 points for McDermott. He got a lot of attention. Sabonis had a triple-double. That kind of even fell to the wayside, got a lot of attention. Turner was 7 of 8 from the field. That's 16 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 blocks. That got a lot of attention. Brogdon had 25, 5, and 4, and no one cared at all. Like, I had no idea his stat line was that good until we were talking literally right now. Like, he was phenomenal in that game, and I, I didn't even realize it. And... Booker and Paul were awful because the Pacers played great defense on those guys. And Brogdon deserves a lot of credit for that as well. So he was really phenomenal this weekend. He was amazing against the Lakers outside of the fourth quarter, which is unfortunate. They, they should have had that game. We can talk about that in a minute. But, yeah, I definitely think that he is, was the player of the weekend for this team. And just the way he is, where, like, his body doesn't handle the, the season as well, right? He's clearly he's banged up more than other guys. Although this year he's been very healthy. He's only missed one game. I just sometimes think rest matters a lot more for him than some other players. And I think that this was another evidence point for that. Yeah. I think this team is helping at its best when Brian has sneaky good games where you like don't notice it. Cause yeah. that, that, cause he's, he's not the flashy guy. I mean, maybe he had a game winner or a big shot here, right? He's done that a few times, but I mean, he's not the guy who's like, you know, double step backs on a dude shakes him out. He just, you know, usually taped to the rim and scores or hit the three in the right spot or gets fouled at the right moment, a couple of free throws. So it, when he's like having these 20 point games, you're kind of like, Oh wow. Having a game. It's like, that's the perfect place he's in. And it kind of, it means that like somebody else is flashing like some bonus triple double against the suns. Right. Or, or somebody else is having the big kind of moment because it's their first game back. It's like that. So it's, it's really good when he has nights like the past two nights. I mean that it, it's, it kind of makes it kind of to me is when this team is at their best ceiling. Definitely. He, he plays well off the ball. Uh, as well with Levert, which could help him have more of those quiet games, right? Where he well, you know, he needs he, to play off the ball more too, right? That's the big thing. Yeah, if he hasn't been able to do a ton this year, is he like that? Was the whole him and Vic thing, though? And him, even him and TJ Warren, in some ways, 
Um, like although Warren's not a great passer, but they still could kind of like use the bonus as a middleman in that kind of pass. ball handling duties. Yeah, it was just it was he just it's better when he's not the constant point because he also is a pretty good three point shooter from the corner, and that's you know if you can get him those kind of shots, you would love to. You know, he didn't have against the Suns that he's had a lot this season is one of those possessions where he dribbles for like 14 seconds because nothing's there and, you know, he's trying to set something up. They did when make they had... a couple of those, though, if you didn't know. <laughs> they did. They pivoted them to a different player. But, I mean, he'll, he'll be playing more off ball as Karras grows into his role and they get more solid bench units that don't require him to create as much. So that's good for him. He was really phenomenal. I want to flip the discussion to talk about the guy you hinted at before this. Because <laughs> My Laramie Jam. Your Laramie, Mr. Laramie Jam. Yeah. Um, who I I think we should just talk about this now. I feel like when the team's fully healthy and Warren is also back, I think Jeremy Lamb should just not be in the rotation, right? Like, is there an it's argument like that it. he should at this point? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to guess there's going to be some times of minor injuries, whether it's a game where McDermott missed or Justin oh, Holiday seems to be Mr. Invincible also. But there'll be some games where Aaron Holiday or Sumner misses will have to play. But I, I, I tend to agree. I mean, he just... He has to earn himself defensively to be on the court. I mean, that's that's like it's kind of like it's almost like a kind of a rookie thing. But like until he can guard players, he can't be on the court. That's you know, yeah. he's got to he doesn't have to be like the like, you know, locked down awesome defender, but he's got to like just be like serviceable at times. Well, against the Lakers, he didn't guard anybody and he missed every single shot he took like that. Like he, what, what value did he provide that game? I'm not even talking about the two forwards in terms of McDermott and Holiday. Like they're obviously going to be in the rotation to be like. I, no, I, even, I, I just I, mean with some of them might get hurt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's what I can't think of an argument to play him over like Sumner, even in the rotation. Like, I think McConnell, Sumner, McDermott, Justin Holiday is their best bench unit when they're fully healthy. And Aaron Holiday, you could argue, should play over Jeremy as well. Back to oh, that's that's a tough one. <laughs> that might listen be to our trade deadline discussion from last week if you want to hear more about Jeremy. So, I think, a, 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 you know, Karis played and was helpful and, you know, they beat the Suns. It was a team effort. We just talked about a million guys who had great games two seconds ago. But I think Jeremy being out was a big factor in that too because you go to the Lakers game and they, they lost, uh, their bench was bad, right? That's a big factor of why they lost. Plus minus is not everything, but these guys play a lot together. So their plus minuses are tied. McConnell minus 11, Aaron Holiday minus 13, Edmund Sumner minus nine, Goga minus seven, Lay minus three. The Pacers bench was bad. And then you know, the fourth quarter was really where that group slumped. The Pacers were up by 10 or something. I don't know what the exact lineup is in. It's hard to uh, clearly. McCon- okay, they go up 12 with 10 minutes to go, 86-74. Goga's in, Aaron Holiday's in, McConnell's in, Sumner's in. I can't tell if Lamb is in or not. I think he was to start the fourth. Uh, Anywho, they're up 12, and then LeBron checks in, and then just you just see, yes, he, uh, Lamb was in, by the way. Uh, LeBron checks in, and... It's 88, 86, like two minutes later, right? Like it just, it happened so fast that unit just got killed because I mean, they, they didn't, they, the unit doesn't work that well together, but also like lamb is not a big factor in a winning team right now. Then against the Suns, you know, McDermott's awesome. He's plus seven. Aaron holiday that plays really well. He was a plus seven Edmund Sumner plus two. Those guys play together a lot, right? So they get a lot better bench production when he isn't with the unit. And I think, you know, obviously, again, Karis back was a big help for the team in general, but Lamb being out also helped a lot against the Suns. So I kind of wonder about his spot in the rotation when they're healthy. Yeah, I mean, that was a lot of words. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think the I mean, we've talked about this for a few weeks too, but like Sumner, man, he's really becoming like a guy. Like I think they should be playing. I mean, he only played 12 minutes on what Saturday, and I think he played. How much did he play on 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 Friday? He ended up playing 15 Friday, right? But he's, I mean, I know the offense isn't always there, but I. I I just feel like when he's on the court, he's defensively not a liability and he can hit that corner three at times. And like, he just feels like he belongs there athletically. And 
I don't know. I mean, he seems to be to me of like, if I had to pick one of the Sumner Aaron Holly lamb, I'd pick him right now, which is last year. I, I would not have said that I might even lean towards lamb the way lamb played earlier on the season. But um, yeah, I mean, it just, it feels like we're getting to that point where it's like, now that they have enough players where before they were so downplayed, it's like they have to play lamb, but now they have probably, en- you know, and they could go eight or nine minutes some nights if they want to shrink the rotation. And at some point, do they just do that and just play Sumner and only, and not the other two even. Yeah, I, I think the argument for that makes a lot of sense. And, and the Lakers game was Sumner's like worst game of the year, but he had like matched up with LeBron. <laughs> like with the bench. Yeah, they, they put him as the best defender each night. I mean, even yeah. if he score, he at least, and he does a good, he did, he done, he's done a good job. I mean, LeBron didn't have like some otherworldly game. I mean, LeBron was five of 13 for 18 points. That's a, that should be a win almost every time. Yeah. Honestly, they got killed because they couldn't stop Kyle Kuzma, essentially. He came in, uh, LeBron James comes in. 8.58 to go in the in the quarter. Pacers are up by eight. And then they the Lakers just storm back. Like, it wasn't even close. And four minutes later, they were up by – four and a half minutes later, they were up by five. Like, LeBron dominated that fourth quarter. And to be fair, the Lakers – the Pacers' offense just went, like, into the trash. But the, the, the LeBron did amazing in that fourth quarter, despite not trying very much in the first half of that game. But they got a lot from Kuzma and other guys. But, yeah, the Pacers' bench really struggled that game. And, uh yeah, I think that potentially in the fully healthy rotation, they'll have a better bench lineup than they did in that Lakers game. And Karras' return is a big factor in that, right? He he pushes everybody down a spot. And I don't, I don't, I don't like maybe Lamb plays. I think that like this is dumb, but politics of a team, you know, kind of you fall back on contract and stuff. Like they just signed him last year. He's shooting ridiculously well this year. I think that that'll probably float him in for a little longer. Like you can pencil him in with McConnell and McDermott for now and one of the guards, but I don't think he deserves it long-term. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, he has to earn it defensively. I mean, I don't have to put it. He has he to earn it defensively. Play. He doesn't do that. Then he can't, to me, he shouldn't be playing. Um, the other guy I want to talk about this week, um, Sabonis, who after a amazing week, making his all-star appearance, second one in a row, maybe it was debatable. He should have been there. Technically he was reserved. So he wasn't supposed to be there initially uh, and has a great weekend, nearly two triple doubles. I think what's, is this, this is his, Sixth of the season now, seventh. I don't know. I'm losing. Track. Uh, I don't know. I'm losing track. I, I was keeping track. I don't of... actually care about triple doubles. Well, it just because he set the, the <laughs> franchise record in the season. I think. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was cool. I mean, that's always like I, after he did that, I stopped caring. Um, but yeah, I mean, he honestly, he was recently won the Suns game. I mean, that was I think one of his. I bet you could track uh, games. Sabonis has a triple double, and games the Pacers shoot well from three are probably like <laughs> correlation. Well, they just make his passes and he gets assists instead of not making them. <laughs> well, and to me too, the Suns Loki was his ability to kind of get some deflections and the steals he got. He had four yeah. steals, which is like a lot for a guy like him. Um, Cause Sabonis was great against the Lakers and the Pacers missed a ton of threes. They shot well, off that game. And what, and what I like, liked, and this, this probably won't hold that much, but his, his shot count is down. So he's not, he's yep. kind of, he's more efficient. Like he's getting 20 points on 13 shots or 15, which is like kind of what we're used to more this free year, throws. Yeah, I mean that's the key. Well, he didn't have a ton of physical against the Suns, but he had he had he got to the line eight times against the Lakers. I mean, he, he's that was the key early on when he had a couple of those big thirty point games. Was he was like getting the line eleven times a game? It felt like so. Yeah. I mean, this, that's I'm not I'm not pitting the Lakers game on Justin Holiday at all, but he took ten. I mean, wide open threes in that. He's game. just been so cold. Did, did any of were any of his looks bad in that game? And you trust he shot over forty percent all season. You trust him to make him? But no, he he had a couple things against the Suns even where he missed those long twos. That I swear early in the season, like I like. Would have been my life. He would have made every single I know, one. I know. He's just cold. I mean, it's just it'll ebb and flow. Hopefully, he'll if get he, out If again. he goes three of ten, they win. Like, if he I goes mean, two of ten, they're tied at the end, and they don't have to foul. And you know, it's just it's just one of those things. Like, so the he's the NBA. He's through what three of 
16 from three in his last two games, and he's still shooting 40% from three. So it's just an ebb and flow thing, right? Yeah. So brutal timing, but they still got a big win. So yeah. I don't want to kill him. He played well in literally every other aspect of the game. So yeah, and hopefully he'll have a nice, you know, what's say seven or ten night from three one time. And it's <laughs> like against the nuggets that will help carry them. That's what low altitude will we'll if they can get there. We'll talk about that uh, in a second. Yeah. So Speaking of the Nuggets, we'll talk about this week's games where they first went against, is against Denver, but let's take one more break and then we'll get to those. Today's Locked On Paid Podcast is also brought to you by BuiltBar.com. They've been a wonderful sponsor of ours for a long time. We've been talking about Built Bar as the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and has amazing taste. Their bars are 100% covered in chocolate. Tony and I give them our favorite ones. We've tried them all. My favorite one, obviously, is the peanut butter brownie one. And Built Bar is a huge Barch Madness fan. They're calling it Built Madness, Built Bar Madness, and that's where they'll have a matchup every day. I believe right now they don't have a matchup because there are no college basketball games, but the tournament just was decided a couple hours ago after recording. So this week, there'll be a sponsor of ours throughout the month of March, and we'll have the, the matchup of the day each night. And then you can go check on their website to see who won today's matchup and see what the best protein bar is. And remember, he's promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-15. You get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Tony, will the Pacers make it to Denver? Are they snowed in Phoenix or what? What's what's? I'm I'm, I'm confused. I actually don't know what you're talking about. I have, I've been off the weather beat as of late. <laughs> this is uh, Scott Agnes is all over this one. So they're still in Phoenix right now as a recording. By the time you're listening, they could be in Denver. Um, but there is, let me see. He's got the details in his article. Something like 19 inches of snow in in Denver right now. There's a crazy blizzard hitting some of the. Uh, like mountainous west area so they can't fly and yet they uh, as we're recording again they were supposed to fly on sunday they couldn't uh so now they're scheduled to fly in sounds like monday morning if more stuff gets cleared the game is still scheduled scheduled to play on time but they already had a game delayed for inclement weather earlier this season so worth monitoring that status of this game i imagine because it's going to stop snowing on sunday per my own checking of the weather that team with a private jet can find a way but i don't know that so i would guess the game still happens i don't know anyway let's preview it anyway yeah i mean knowing the way the nba's been this year they can just get there at some point money they'll make them play it, um, it yep. just 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 yeah, to be so they played denver pretty recently so it, they you know they played them very 11 i'll be 11 days between games they lost to them last time 113 to 103 it was just one of those games they just didn't have it you know they were in it for most of the game and then it felt like they couple runs here there got it got got away from them um is there so in that game the best player points wise was michael porter jr who had 24 points is he your butcher is it Jokic? is it murray is there somebody else you want to pick floor's yours i don't want to i don't want to hover on the nuggets for too long like you said they only played 11 days ago but i want to i want to go on a mini talk about that game and how it to something we just talked about right Jokic played 37 minutes, and the Pacers, I've harped on this a lot, outscored the Nuggets in those minutes. They beat the Nuggets with Jokic on the floor for 37 minutes by three points. They beat the entire starting lineup pretty much for this team. Yeah, and then the bench stunk against the Nuggets. They were The Pacers bench was terrible that game. McConnell was a minus 23. Like, I don't want to pin that on him. He actually played pretty well. But, like, you know, the, the same guys were talking about the Lamb, Sumner, Holiday, McConnell bench, and they just have no forward depth there as a factor here. But uh, those guys were just not very good. Lamb was one for nine, right? What value is he providing at that point? P.J. Dozier for the, for the Nuggets. He's a good player. He's a good defensive player. Nice utility guy can spot up. He was plus 31. P.J. Dozier should not be on the court for a 31-point swing, right? Like, he, he can play, but he can't play that well. So I think that this is too simplistic, right? The teams are going to adjust. It's the nature of the NBA. But, like, 
if they play the exact same game plan and the bench just doesn't suck on defense, they win. They they can be they can beat the Nuggets. Like game plan wise, they they have a way to do it. They know how to sort of like Jokic, Murray, and Porter combined for sixty seven. That's below their average combined. Like they 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 game plan pretty well for the Nuggets, and I think they can beat this team just just that they can improve their second unit. Anyway, to answer your question, yes, I think Porter absolutely is my butcher because this is something we oh, talked about earlier. This season. Late, as of late, he's been killing it. Well, that too. <laughs> well, he's a fantastic scorer in general, and he's been killing it recently. Uh, they just struggle with those big forwards, right? And that's exactly what he is. He's a huge forward who can score. He'd be a good matchup for Warren. Warren's probably still too small, but at least he's got some size and movement to stay on him. But as their roster currently is constructed, they just have nothing to put on him. Their best chance is either Brogdon or Justin Holiday, uh, which they give up something in terms of size or speed. If they do that, maybe they'll put Karras on him, actually. I'd be interested to see how that goes. But they just don't have good answers to contain him, and I think he's definitely a butcher, the butcher. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, if you look at his last six games, which are basically the last two weeks, he's up to almost 20 points per game and 10 rebounds a game. Wow. Uh, not passing the ball at all, really doing anything else, but he is scoring and he's rebounding and he's shooting 63 and 58%. Remarkable yes. that we're not even like, yeah, Jokic is the butcher. You know, Jokic is averaging 27, 11, and 9. And we're like, nah, it's not going Porter. Jersey. Well, Porter to me is like the, if he obviously we'll see what happens health wise just because of the concerns coming out of college, but like, He's what makes this team like the next two or three years all of a sudden go from being like a borderline championship to like real, real championship contender. Yeah, I agree. If they, the Porter Jokic thing, like maybe, maybe Murray is really the third banana and that, that, that could do some damage, but they're like one. I think just, this team is just one piece away. From I'm not even sure if Porter keeps getting as good as he is. They might, he might be that piece and they might just be some, some <laughs> on the fringes changes. Well, I don't, I don't mean like a great piece. I mean like PJ Tucker level piece. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. That's fair. Yeah. That, like just tweaking things around the fringes to get right. to help those guys out. Um, Gary so, Harris is out again. He didn't play the last time they played RJ Hampton, Monte Morris. That's a big one uh, out as well. I believe uh, Monte Morris, their backup point guard, very solid player. So that would be a big loss for them. He played, he's played decently all season long let me make sure i have that right yes monte morris is out so that's a big thing also we skipped this because they played 11 days ago but uh nuggets are fifth in offense and 17th in defense which is seventh in net rating they're they're still really good uh coming out of the break their first game out of the break they beat memphis and the very next night they got spanked by the mavericks so uh maybe they're not playing great so far at the all-star break but this is a winnable game for the pacers but i think something we said earlier they have a three-headed monster of Porter, Murray, and Jokic. And I think that is why I'm going to pick the Nuggets to win. Yeah, I was. we didn't do X-Factors, but I was going to say Turner. Oh, my gosh. Turner's, <laughs> Turner's my X-Factor just because he was so 22 points last time. Um, his rim protection is going to be the key. Porter uh, it just kills his team around the rim a lot. Um, he, I mean, one, he's just a great, you know. He, I think he was I think he was four or five on his two-point shots against the Pacers. So, um, yeah, I mean, to me, Turner, I mean, I have Turner can stop, but, like, Turner's going to be the key to, like, and because I, I believe on offense, um, Jokic will guard him, which will give him some space sometimes and some ability to actually do some stuff because Jokic is not the best defender. So, yeah, um, he did well yeah, on he, Jokic last time. Yeah. So he would be my expector if we were picking The bonus him. having a little better game than last time would be helpful as well. I forgot yeah, how often that was a pretty bad game for him. I forgot how often I told, I can't believe how much I forget about this game considering how recent it was. Um, I, yes, yeah, so bonus could be one. Like if he just has a slightly better game than last time, the Pacers are right in it. But I think I got to pick a bench guy, given how awful those minutes went last time. I think Karras, again, will help. You know, pushing Doug McDermott to the second unit gives them size they already didn't have last time. So, you know, one of the Lambs-Sumner-McConnell trio stepping up in a meaningful way would help. I think Lamb's going to play bad defense, but I'll pick him as my X-Factor if he's going to play in this game. I don't know what the status is of his knee. I don't think the Pacers have released an injury report yet because they're stuck. They haven't practiced and been able to uh, 
to communicate with the league what their their team's health status is. Yeah, it still says the Pacers. Uh, oh, maybe they have. Hang on. Uh, yeah, Jeremy Lamb is questionable for this game with a sore left knee still. So uh, he might not play, but if he does play, I'm going to put some onus on him here because if he shoots better than one for nine, like he did last time against Denver, he could really uh, mitigate some of his lost defensive impact, help that bench unit in a meaningful way against a team that they can beat. However, like I said earlier, I don't think they will beat them. I picked him to beat him before when we did our little preview last week. I probably should go against that schedule yet. Some point I will, but for now I'm going <laughs> to leave it. Uh, I think they beat, they beat Denver, although I'm very concerned about them showing up at, you know, at five o'clock in Denver and not being ready to go. Yeah. The, the So actually like third and four nights is normally a big problem here, but the fact that the travel might be jacked up maybe can help them. They get two nights to sleep in the same city in Phoenix. So maybe. Or they'll be leaving at 2 a.m. getting in there, or, you know. Something <laughs> yeah, weird. maybe. I didn't even notice that the, the Pacers didn't release an injury report today. Harrison Burt, not on at all. Very cool to see. So the Pacers' next game, though, uh, let me have it up. Why am I blanking on it? They're playing the Nets at home Wednesday night. It's the, basically the only home game the rest of this month. I think there might be one other one, basically. Yeah, but, one uh, other one, yeah. There's very few because of March Madness. So uh, the Nets, you have their numbers up or no? I do have the Nets numbers up. The Nets are amazing in offense and terrible on defense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that because I have the numbers up. The Nets are first in offense uh, and 25th in defense. I was only half kidding about that. They're fifth in net rating. Remember, some of their numbers have the pre-hardened trade stuff baked in there. And the thing is, I and think they're still first in offense pre-hardened trade. Yeah. I mean, they Lord. look, the Nets are incredible. Like, I, it's impossible to sell them short anymore. I mean, they, they just smoke everybody. They have three just flat-out superstars. Kevin Durant's status is interesting he's getting more imaging done on uh per malika andrews vspn here getting more imaging done on his hamstring next week she reported that on friday so there would be there might be uh no kevin durant which would be very helpful but they still have potentially blake griffin's debut as well as Kyrie irving and james harden and i think where i want to start with the nets is james harden's playing at an mvp level and when james harden is engaged at an mvp level i mean his teams are just so hard to beat yeah i mean he is <laughs> If you look at the last five years, he's been the best regular season player. Like, I don't think it's even close. He's been second in MVP almost every year and then won it once, right? I mean, he should have probably won a second time somewhere in there. Maybe probably like he's been, he is just like a machine where he, one year he can score 35 points. Next year, he could just be triple doubles. Like he is right now pretty much 25, 11, and nine a game. I mean, he is so goddamn good. <laughs> um. Yeah, he he wasn't even that good in the in the Pacers Nets game. No, Kyrie was what killed them mainly. Where the Pacers Pacers got that was their worst game of the year. They got embarrassed. Well, they have thirty four points at halftime or something. I mean, they something they were, terrible. They were terrible. They were pathetic. And Harden sucked, and they still got destroyed. Like that's how good the Nets can be. Yeah, that was the worst performance of the season. I think that some level there's gonna like I don't there I don't want to pick the winner and loss yet, but there's gonna be some level of pride involved here because they were. I mean, the, the second half, they clawed and fought like hell and really dominated because the Nets weren't trying, and they still barely got it to 10. Like, they they got embarrassed. That It was pathetic. They couldn't get anything going on offense. No one could stop anything. It was so bad. So, uh, that, But I think Harden's my butcher just because when he's fully engaged, I mean, he can just set up any bucket for any player on his team at any time. And Kyrie can shoot. Joe Harris can shoot. Uh, Jeff Green is shooting this year, which is crazy that Jeff Green's now – a shooter? What the hell is that? Uh, DeAndre yeah, Jordan. Like every like third year, he figures it out. Yeah. Bruce Brown's doing a lot of good stuff for them. Shamit's figuring it out from deep. DeAndre Jordan tried after we we dumped on him with previewing the last game. He actually tried and it was pretty good. So they they just have stuff and maybe they'll have Blake Griffin by this game too. So they, like I doubt it. It looks like he's been out like two weeks because they got the COVID nineteen protocols. Oh, I did not know that. 
That's what it said. I'm people ref because they outlook. Oh, that is news to me. Okay, no Blake Griffin. Doesn't matter. The Nets are still going to win to me. I mean, uh, let's we can do our X factors. I've changed the order up too many times already today, but they, they're a phenomenal team. My yeah, X factors Karis. Just so we're clear. Just because <laughs> revenge game. Revenge game. I don't. Yeah, there's no ill will there. I think so. There's not as uh, much. I don't know. I mean, you get traded. It's not always the I best. Do you think that the you know he described it as he was napping before their game against the Knicks, and he woke up to a call that he got traded? I think that just sucks, but um yeah i mean, is I, mean I, I guess what do you expect like <laughs> yeah. it's napping or he's out eating hey, we or, can't tell him he's napping guys don't do the trade yet or he's sitting in his room playing video games or watching a movie i mean you know there's like only so many things you can be doing <laughs> where you get interrupted yeah. all, all of them suck well that's fair um so Sorry. okay karis is a great pick though i mean he'll want to play his absolute best against his former team that's for sure i'm gonna say the same guy i said last time these two teams played that's the bonus uh because look DeAndre was great. I, full full hand up. I was wrong about the level of impact he would have. He is very statuesque a lot of the time, but he had 13 rebounds and 12 points. A lot of lobs was very engaged. Three blocks, played good defense. That's not the DeAndre we've seen recently from the Nets, but he was very good. Uh, and Sabonis has to be better against him, right? If he if he can uh, make DeAndre move a little bit more or, you know, get a little bit more uh, points from post-ups, whether that's passing or scoring, his impact will be higher. You know, he was seven for 20 with 18 points. It's very unsabonis like stat line so if he can either be a little more efficient with the post-ups or find his teammates a little bit better uh with jordan on him i think that that can swing the game quite a bit yeah i still think they lose though uh yes i do too okay this this game though like i was wrong i thought the lakers were their best chance to win last weekend although they should have won that game i think the nets game might be their best chance to win uh this week just because it's at home and they don't have a lot of home games so maybe they really want to get well i disagree because they play the Miami heat twice and i think that's true the split you always split those two games, like unless something crazy happens. I would think. Yeah. Um. And so that's that's their next game. So they play the Heat to end the week out. Uh. What do they play on Friday and Sunday? I believe. Correct. Okay. But they have an early afternoon matinee game, kind of yeah, against. Yeah, I hate Heat, right. <laughs> right. I don't know. I mean, it's Miami early afternoon Miami. You know, they do all kinds of weird stuff in Miami. Um. It's a yeah. It's a twelve o'clock game in Miami, which is pretty weird. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's no football, so you kind of own March, and I guess college basketball. So I guess uh, I'll be watching next. I don't care about college basketball really, but yeah. So the Heat, do you have the Heat numbers up? I do, of course. Okay. Duh. Twenty fifth in offense. Who boy, the Heat. Uh, also not reflective of the Heat. We'll talk about that. Fifth in defense, twenty first in net rating, but they are twenty and eighteen despite a bad net rating. They're expected win loss much below their record because they've had good clutch play, but. Stats not reflective of Heat. Nine Jimmy of the last Butler. 10 wins, by the way. They're soaring. They right. are on fire right now. They're absolutely on fire now. Jimmy Butler is back and killing it right now. I mean, absolutely killing it. The one saving grace is at a bio. Uh, currently is dealing with some knee pain, so who knows if he'll be healthy by then. I imagine it's a week away that he'll be. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's a serious knee injury. Um, but, yeah, Jimmy Butler is killing it killing it recently a big factor in there so i think they're fourth in the east now or fifth in the east. They, they are they are fourth in the east they sit half a game or sorry a full game ahead of boston charlotte and new york yeah they have really surged of late i, I don't know i'm just gonna pick a game uh let's just go with the day after valentine's day so that would be the last 10 games jimmy butler played in okay he is averaging 24 points eight rebounds nine assists and he's doing that on 50 32 85 he has been a beast well, game. and look and look who they've beaten. They beat the Lakers. They beat Utah. They have yeah. beat. Uh, yeah, beating Utah this season is insanely hard. Yeah, I mean, I guess the other teams. I guess you know, Atlanta's not that great. New Orleans is kind of mediocre. So, but like those two wins are big. Being the Lakers and Utah, and even Toronto. Toronto. Even 
So yeah, he's been really good. Yeah, they they are playing phenomenal basketball. And to to wrap up to what the Heat actually are is they are really drive heavy. Uh, they they excuse me, they they drive heavy, but they don't shoot at the rim. They just they're a big driving kick team. They're hitting their twos well. They're selective with them. Uh, they take a, a fair amount of threes. So their offense isn't great because they don't have quite the shooters this year. Like Duncan Robinson is obviously amazing, but they don't have basically anyone who's been burying their threes besides him. But because they have an offense like that, that tries to break you down, that's how they get their points. But they're really, really phenomenal on defense. They give up the fewest two point attempts in the league. They give up the sixth fewest percentage of those. They give up the most threes, but they do a great job of contesting them. But I say all that to say they give up a lot of those threes. So I think the game plan could be, you know, if, if the way they're defending is to sacrifice that shot, you know, try to get them from the right spots, you know, try to get the corner looks up, try to get the right guys, Brogdon, Turner, McDermott, Holly, they try to get them open because if you, you know, if the, it's a high variance strategy to give up the most threes in the league. Uh, so if the Pacers can have just one good shooting that they can steal one of these games. Yeah. So do you think Jimmy or Bam's the butcher? <laughs> uh, Jimmy, for sure. I mean, you could think either they're, they're yeah, one, they're a one, B they're phenomenal. Well, no, Jimmy's been a lot better this year, but well, Jimmy uh, hasn't played that many games though. So compared right. to yeah, his best thing has been his durability. To be honest, one of, on top, yeah. you know, that's why you might edge him out. Um, I do think though, we're talking about X factors. I kind of have two, and you might have the same ones as. Well, me. I want to. I want to say something else. One okay, one. go ahead. I do wonder how much, like this is the first game against the Heat since the playoffs last year. Like, I wonder how much this team will be thinking. You're like stealing my X factor, Tony. Ah, damn. <laughs> go ahead. Well, my X factor is the combination of Nate Bjorker and, and Bonus Bonus, two guys who were not on the Pacers during the last year's playoff series and how much that will play in. And I'm not sure it will actually result in anything better, but I'm interested to see what it looks like when they've got those two guys, a different coach and a different, and a center who we think maybe should be out there with a small five and, and sometimes against this team. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm just, I'll be fascinated to see how uh, York and if he, what he changes, if he changes anything. Uh, from- could you, could we see a lineup where they put some bonus out there without turning the end of the game and play, let's say, Holiday, Karras, Brogdon, and McDermott, or something like that. I mean, I, I'm, you could kind of sub out McDermott for somebody else if you wanted to. Could you? Could we see that? You think? Because that to us, it felt like last year their best chance to beat the team was with the stretch, kind of with the five guys. It was just they had the wrong center in. Uh, I maybe. <laughs> I, I, I guess not having TJ Warren probably ruins it anyways. TJ yeah. Warren was the best player maybe in the last year anyways in the bubble, so that kind of ruins it. But I just I'm just curious to see what, if they try something like that. Yeah, I'll be curious. Uh, curious how it goes as well. <laughs> it's just gonna be interesting. I just wonder how much they come in this game and go. They're, they're you know pissed from last year. Like how much that that playoff series really weighs on them. And you know they made the coaching change. I think that I, you know McMillan talks on fire right now, Adam. Um, I do really wonder how much you know if this. It's not gonna be an evaluation tool, but for me, I'll just wonder. Okay, you know the, the Heat embarrassed them last year. What what changes do they make? How much does the team really want to beat the Heat? They're a very similar roster as well. They'll know the game plans. I'll, I'll be curious how that goes. Yeah. So do you think they split these two? Yeah, it's just how the how it goes, right? Yeah. So I have the team going two and two this week, and you have them going the one. Heat are really good. Nine of ten is phenomenal. Um, but if they the, could beat Miami twice, that would like all of a sudden <laughs> they would be like probably at the five seed. Yeah, they're right in it. Um, the, you know, the, I don't think the Heat are like so much better than them. They're definitely better, but you know, Karras is back. We'll see what happens with Lamb. Uh, so between the Heat and the Raptors and the Hornets, those teams are all right around the same level. That's the teams that the Pacers have had these back-to-back series with. The Celtics as well, who are also about this level. You know, the Celtics and Heat are a little above, but the Pacers have flipped with all those teams, right? I think it's just 
when you're when there's not a giant talent gap, it's just a split's going to happen. So even with all this, this you know, the Heat playing awesome, Jimmy Butler's amazing. Uh, I still think it's a split. So with well, the the question is which one because I picked a different one than you, and that could really. Help uh, I see. I should have been playing the game to try to <laughs> get you in this thing. Whatever, it won't matter. They'll either lose both or win both, so it won't matter for us. <laughs> um, yeah. Any anything else from last week or coming up this week? Um. I don't know. It's just going to be fun to watch Karis grow a little bit uh, with this new team. I'm excited to see how he looks, you know, with extended time. Maybe they got an extra practice in in Phoenix because of the snow and, you know, maybe how Bjorken alters the rotation. If at all, when Lamb is back, I think that's going to be worth monitoring. Uh, So yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. So as always, I'll have some of the game breakdowns and we have some of the game previews this week. Uh, Plenty of games. So we're back in, back in the swing of things. We'll have five podcasts for you this week, probably a five parts going forward. Can go to the trade deadline. If you want to hear our trade deadline preview, check out that last week. I believe that ran last Wednesday, I want to guess. But you can find it in our uh, podcast feed where you listen to this podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Pacers, Tony at Teast NBA, me at Free Madam 5. That is all for his Locked On Pacers podcast. We will see you guys again. Peace.